Hello, I'm James Chow. I'm the host of the China Current, where we talk about the global future and the people who are shaping it. This podcast is brought to you this week from Geneva, Switzerland, where I'm currently sitting inside the Palais, the home of the United Nations here. And we're here to talk about Katia Iverson. You know, I can't quite remember where or when or how it was we first met in person. But of course, her reputation and her name was known to me and known to many people a long time before that first meeting. Coincidentally, one of my good friends is a neighbor of hers and lives upstairs. So I like to think it's a combination of life and also work that happens to bring us together. She's asked me to go to Vancouver, Canada for next week's Women Deliver Conference, which takes place only once every three years. You always get these incredible public figures there, but also a groundswell of people supporting it. And next week, we're talking about 9,000 people. Before I came here to Geneva, I was at my office in Hong Kong. I got on the phone with Katia and I asked her if she would give me the interview that you're about to hear. In it, I asked her about her life and I asked her about how that life has informed her work. She told me a number of incredible stories and in ways I wasn't expecting as well. Some very, very moving, some really, really sad. And I think it's the combination of those emotions and realities that reflect some of the conditions that we still face in our unequal world today. Here's Katia Iverson. What is Women Deliver and what will this conference in 2019 offer that hasn't been offered before? So Women Deliver is an advocacy organization. We work for gender equality and the health and rights of girls and women. And every three years, we have the world's largest conference on gender equality. And that next one is in uh, just a couple of days in Vancouver, Canada. It will bring together 9,000 people from 170 countries. It's everything from heads of states to the people doing the job in the communities and the villages uh, and really making change happen. It's advocates, it's activists, it's journalists, it's influencers, it's decision makers. And there we will take look at everything that works and how we can do some more of it. Because we really need to change the world. We need to get a much more equal world because an equal world, a gender equal world, is healthier, wealthier, more equitable, equitable, more peaceful and more productive. So we will be looking at power and how everybody can use their power to make change happen, whether it's in institutions, at home, or in society at large. Apart from the 9,000 in Vancouver, we will also have more than 100,000 who are participating in a global dialogue. And that's what I really hope to see and what the listeners here will join in to have viewing parties, have satellite events, and take that discussion about gender equality and what happens when we invest more in girls and women. All research shows, and we do, when we do that, there's a ripple effect and everybody wins. So tell me about the virtual, but also the physical delegates. If you're going to be there in person in Vancouver, or if you're joining remotely, how can you prepare yourselves in these last few days? So 
What of course is good is to find out, you know, what's going on on site. What's go- what do we want to happen off site? So just familiarizing uh, yourself a little bit with the topics. What does gender equality actually mean? What's equal pay? How do we prevent violence against women? How do we make sure that women have the health services they need? Just familiarize yourself a little bit and then look at the reality at where you are and look at what could be changed there and who do we need or who do you need to work with to make such a change happen. If you are you know, want to want to do a viewing party, invite your friends or colleagues or schoolmates to sit down and watch one of the big plenaries or one of the sessions. All of that is online, so you can see how you can see world leaders speak to this, but also change makers of all kinds. So sit down and just do that little research and then invite people in for, you know, kind of a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and some popcorn and have some of those discussions that really can move the needle for the lives of girls and women. I know, Katya, that your grandmother was hugely influential in your life. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about her, though. Yes, my my grandmother uh, was a wonderful, wonderful woman. She was quiet, she was fierce. And she saved my life when I was um, when I was born because I was a preemie. I was born way too early, but she was there to uh, to take care of me. Uh, but she was also very. She was born very poor uh, and never got an education because at that time that was the that was the brother who got the education. But she was really smart, so uh, so she 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 made a really good life for her and my granddad. She worked seven days a week to get my granddad to get an education because they knew that that was the way they could break the cycle of poverty was that if they one of them could get an education and that became him so i have i i owe her a lot uh and she's also yes my yardstick to see how change is possible um so that when i travel and see that there's not equality in the world and that girls and women do not have the same chance I can look at my grandmother's life and say change is so possible because look at where I am today. I don't think it should take two generations to see that change happen other places in the world, but it really is possible. And when we work together and when we work together across geography and hierarchies and ages, then we can move that needle for girls and women and see a much more gender equal world. It's, it's fascinating for me to understand that while it did take two generations, your grandmother made it possible for her brother, your grandmother made it possible for her husband, and your grandmother made it possible for you, her granddaughter. If she were alive today in this current climate of overlapping movements of Me Too and Time's Up and Women Deliver, which predates all of those, what do you think she will say as an architect of your own family? My grandmother would say, let's pick up the picket signs and let's go and make sure that other people have the same opportunities that that you have, Katja, because that is the how the world should be. Every girl, every woman should be able to live her full her full potential and you know have her you know kind of ha- live the aspirations 
in the same way as men and boys should. That is the way that we get a much better world for all. And my grandmother would be standing proud, standing right there and pushing and pushing and pushing as she did her whole life. I, I'm just envisioning her in my head, though I've never seen a picture of her. Uh, let's talk now about a very different country, which is China, much larger in population size, much larger in terms of land mass, and a very different China to what it was 40 years ago. Um, where does China come into play in terms of the gender equality movement because surely what it does or what it doesn't do where it succeeds or where it fails will have an impact on the biggest chunk of humanity china uh, as the power it is has a, a, a really really big effect on both the whole world but of course also what happens uh, well of course within china so when we look at equality and we look at the data China is is number 103 uh, on the Gender Equality Index or the Gender Gap Report from the World Economic Forum. So there's room for improvement, absolutely. There's room for improvement when it comes to women in politics in the higher higher level of, of politics. There's uh, room for women in leadership. There's room for women in, um, in uh, equal pay. Uh, and what we have seen go through the world with the Me Too movement has not really manifested in China. We see in all society the power um, disparities uh, that is the, the leading cause of a Me Too and of harassment. It's, it's not really about sex, it's about exercising power. And so it's everywhere. It's in all corners of society, including in China, including everywhere. We see it in every single society. So, you know, seeing that, my hope is also that that will be grappled with in China so, so we can see those kind of power disparities uh, disappear there too. Those power disparities can lead to a whole range of emotions, including... Um, fear, whether it be fear for one's job or for one's life even. How do you make that first step out of that? How do you say to yourself that this is where that cycle is going to come to an end and is going to turn a corner? One of the most important things when, when we look at, at, um, at both the Me Too and, 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 um, and the power disparities is a true dialogue. A true dialogue about what what are those disparities? What does it mean? What, what does it mean to be a woman walking down the street with her keys in her hands at night because she, she's a, she's afraid to get mocked or get get jumped or get 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 harassed? What does it mean to go to work and and don't know if you will be touched inappropriately if if you know your your boss or, or coworker will will harass you? The conversation about that and, and saying it out loud as we're seeing right now, we're seeing the conversations happen both among women where it's now okay and it's actually it's it, it's actually not I don't want to say expected but it but it's really okay to talk about it. 
most women have been hiding it because we feel it's it's us there's something wrong with but the stories are just coming out now and there's a strong there's, a, there's an immense power in stories and in saying it out loud and in finding out that I'm not alone I'm not the only one that feels that way I'm not the only one that's afraid because when we're many who stand there then the then the fear turns to power and turns to a big, big desire to see that change happen. It's also listening from men, listening to women, because what I have experienced is when I tell the stories about how it is to walk in my shoes, many men get surprised, get angry that that is the life, you know, that, that women live, and that also see change. This is not a men against women fight. This is, this is one that everybody participate in. So I also see a lot of a lot of good men stepping up and standing with women and being the ones telling other men that that behavior we don't want to see. If you give us permission to share it, or if you'd like to share it with us, what would one of those stories be? One of the stories that angers, but also one of the stories that triggers transformation. Well, one one of my first international jobs, you know, I get to work the first day. Um, you know, asking where I'm going to sit, and I'm told on my lap. Um, you know, that that you turn inwards, that you, uh, that, that's kind of not a good story. The other one is, I got, I got severely beaten up. Uh, there was a man who attacked me uh, early evening, uh, and uh, he, um, he beat me up tremendously. He took four women in an hour, uh, where he, um, he beat them up. It was, we don't know if it was robbery or assault. I fought back and the police got him right after I could identify him and he is now in prison and he's never going to do it again. I want to say tragic stories, but then they're also human made. So they don't just happen. Someone chose to make them happen. Um, For anyone who may be listening to this, who is experiencing either something similar or something very different, but can also relate to the stories that you uh, generously just shared with us just now. What would you tell that young woman or even maybe that young man? I say don't hide it. Don't keep it within. Talk about it. If you don't want to report it because the system, unfortunately not favor, mostly favor uh, women who report attacks or men who report attacks, but then make sure you talk talk about it to friends and to family because getting it out, there's a power in getting it out. Uh, I will say we really need a sea change, a legal sea change, so women's reporting is being taken serious uh, and she is not seen as the villain but actually as the victim. And then there is a strange a, a strength in many. There is a strength in that movement right now, but it is important that it doesn't become men against women, but that it becomes a common cause, because a society without that kind of violence, a society without that kind of power disparity, is a much, much stronger society. You continually use the word power, and in really interesting ways as well. We often associate the word power with a negative in the context of gender equality, the power dynamics, the power disparity. 
Yet if we look to Women Deliver 2019, you've turned that on its head. You talk about the individual's power and and how self-esteem and agency can strengthen that. You talk about the structural power, the challenging, the exploration of the systems and the barriers that we've had to put up with for a very long time. And you also talk about the power of movement so that we can all collectively move forward together. So power is the foundation for progress and then for the eventual change. Katia, I want to end by asking you this. In this time, and we've mentioned again of Me Too, have we actually shaken up ourselves enough so that we never turn back to the old ways again? We need to redefine power because power, some people see power as a dangerous word or as an uncomfortable word. And particularly, often the words women and power are not used in the same sentence. We need to realize that we can all use power for good. Power cannot just be used for bad. Power can be used for good. And when we, when all of us take the power we have, because we all have power, it can be small, it can be big, it can be individual, it can be institutional, it can be elected, it can be appointed, it can be soft, it can be soft, it can be hard. We all have it. When we take the power we have and use it for good, that's when we see progress. That's when we can see change a change to a more gender equal world, a change to a gender equal world that is healthier, wealthier, more peaceful, more productive, and more equitable. I wish I could be there myself, but I'm so excited for everyone who will be participating in person in Vancouver. Thank you very much for joining us from your home in New York. Thank you very much for having me.